May the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Simply let me begin by saying a profound thank you for last night. Thank you for the memories that were generated there, and thank you for the other pictorial memories, which I will take home with me in those two volumes of uh, tracing the last uh, eight years since we have been together. It is all very precious, to say the least. It is a joy also to be in one of the few churches in the diocese dedicated to the Holy Trinity to be here with you today on the Feast of the Holy and Undivided Trinity and to bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters, mainly across, across Canada, but also in the province which takes in all of North America. Uh, we meet this week uh, as a province. Uh, please keep us in your prayers. M many wonderful things are happening, but there are still many hurdles as well, and we do need your prayerful support at all times. In a way, Trinity Sunday brings a section of the Christian year uh, to, to, to a fulfillment. If you start with, with Advent, uh, proclaiming that the Savior is going to come, with Christmas, that the Savior has come in the person of this little baby at Bethlehem, Epiphany, that he's not just come for the Jews, he's come for the whole world. Lent, when we contemplate uh, his 40 days in the wilderness preparing for his ministry, but also, as Lent finishes with Passion Tide, we think of the enormous price that was paid so that we can live forevermore. Three, three days, Good Friday, three days afterwards, he strides forth from the tomb, triumphant that he has conquered death. And then we uh, have these great 40 days up to ascension when we think of him coming and going, as it were, preparing his disciples for when he would no longer be coming and going, but would be gone to prepare a place for us. And then uh, the great feast of Pentecost. No, the ascension. I mustn't forget the ascension, which comes in between there. Far, far too many of our uh, uh, church uh, liturgists play down the ascension when it's such a wonderful thing. But he ascends into heaven. He's received from their sight. But as he goes, he gives a promise that he's preparing a place, and he also gives the great commission that we just can't sit back waiting for him to come. We have to go out and to bring other people to him as well, go into all the world, and I'm sure you're quite familiar with that. Then uh, last Sunday, the Feast of Pentecost, when the Comforter, the one to give us the strength that we lack because he is no longer with us in person. We have then him coming to his altar throne, as he will here in the Mass this morning, but we also have this power within us that he sent, into, that he sent to his church to transform his church, to get his church out of the upper room, out into the uh, streets, out into the villages, out into the then-known world, knowing that they were not alone, but he was with them in this very special way also. And then, lest we forget 
the complexity and the wonder and the majesty of Almighty God who made all of this happen on Trinity Sunday, we acknowledge it. And on Trinity Sunday, we talk about what we call the great mystery of the Trinity. We acknowledge it as a mystery. Why then we go and try to explain the mystery is beyond me, because it cannot be explained. And I suppose the, the books that are written about the Trinity and the various persons of the Trinity, uh, maybe more than any other subject in Christendom, uh, but still the bottom line is we don't understand it all. As Jesus said to Nicodemus this morning, you know, if you can't understand earthly things in their entirety, how can you understand these heavenly things when, when, when they happen? It's very fitting that the readings today would show a little glimpse, perhaps in figurative poetical language, of the glory that exists around the throne of God in heaven. The, the, the um, wonderful passage from Isaiah, you know, the year that King, Isaiah, uh, King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and you get a glimpse, remembering that in a very complex way, this Lord high and lifted up with his train filling the temple and the seraphim and the cherubim, all these other angel hosts around him, that is the same Lord who lay in the squalor of the manger in Bethlehem. And that was the price he paid because love was so great. And as Diana read the second uh, lesson this morning from the revelation of St. John the Divine, again, incredibly complex, symbolic, poetic language. As she became overcome by the symbolism of it, of what this is really representing, this great Lord, this great God of heaven and earth. We uh, were moved by her being moved as we contemplate that one day we will stand in that presence and no longer be shrouded by the things that separate us uh, from being able to understand it fully uh, at this time. The two great concepts of God the transcendence, God Almighty, Lord of heaven and earth, as the old hymn used to say, out beyond the shining of the furthest star, thou art ever stretching infinitely far. It's incomprehensible, especially when scientists today tell us just how vast that which we call space really is. But beyond all of that, he is there as the creator. The transcendence, the eminence, that hymn sums it up as well. Uh, yet the hearts of children know what words cannot, and the God of wonders loves the lowly spot. Last night, uh, um, in these wonderful musical presentations, our, our, our cantor, Dr. Diana, uh, saying, I heard the voice of Jesus say, and I hope you get a chance sometime to look up that hymn and to read the words. Because when they're sung beautifully, you get carried away by the beauty of the song, and you don't always get the full message of the words. But Jesus is speaking to you, speaking to us all the time. We, we drown it out by so many cares and concerns, but that voice is there, and we must cultivate being able to listen to it.
Theologians over the years have tried to explain the Trinity as best they could. St. Patrick, the most famous, I suppose, picking up a shamrock out of the ground. Here it is, look, I got one plant, three, three petals to it. It's great, but it falls down. Every analogy we have of God has its limitations. It falls down in the end. It, this leaves, uh, it, it helps explain one aspect of it, but it leaves other parts of it un, uh, unexplained. And that's why many preachers have great difficulty preaching on Trinity Sunday, because they, I don't know what to say about it. Well, the the thing we say is, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And we also say that because it is so great and so vast, how much more wondrous it is, this love, that it loved you so much that it was prepared to forsake all of that and to come and to die, to live with you and then to die with you. I once heard a layman uh, use this analogy. This is the only one I'll use this morning, and I tell you before I use it that it won't go far enough. It will fall short of the mark. Those of you theologically inclined, don't wait to jump on me afterwards and say, but this, 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 and this. (laughs) Uh, I see uh, uh, Father Michael uh, starting to jot it down now. And... um, uh, uh, but it, it, it made sense to me at the time, and I was only a teenager when I heard it. Imagine yourself out here in front, and you, come, you, you, you notice a house that has a particular design to it, and you're sizing up the house for whatever reason. And the man comes along to you, and he says, look, do you see that house over there? That's my house. Oh, very nice house it is, thank you for telling me. He goes, but in a very short while, another man comes along and he points at the same building and he says, you see that house there? That's my house. Well, strange, two of you saying you got the one house, but you, you thank him, and he goes. And not to be outdone, before you leave, another person comes, oh, I see you're sizing up the house. That's my house. Now, each one of them could rightfully say, that is my house, for a different reason. The first man who comes up to you is the architect, the person who conceived of it in his mind, drew up the blueprints, drew up the plans, gave the uh, artist drawings of it beforehand. And so in a very real way, it is his house because he created it. Then the second chap who comes along, he was the contractor. He built it. He took the plans that the architect had given him and he built the house using those plans, and it turned into the magnificent edifice that you were admiring. And the third fellow can also say, but that's my house, because he paid for it, and he's living there. It's his dwelling. That's my house that I sell it to somebody else, as it were. And it gives us a little glimpse that we, I know we can't separate, they're undivided, and yet you have God the, God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, the great designer of the whole universe. God the Son, who redeemed us and made the, uh, the concept of this universe personal for us into making it our home where we live with him beside us. He built it through his own blood. And lastly, of course, God the Holy Spirit dwelling in it. God the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, sanctifying us, and redeeming us. And yes, that analogy falls down. Every analogy 
falls down because the concept we're trying to get our little finite minds around is way beyond what we can comprehend. Except to know that as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, you must become as little children. All these complexities are swallowed up by the knowledge that he came to save us. And that that love was so great, it poured it into us. So when you tell people you're from HTAC, Holy Trinity Anglican Church, you are acknowledging the, the, the glory and the majesty and the power and the might, all the other adjectives you can ever think of describing the Trinity at the one level. And at the other level, you're looking at a God who loved you so much, gave all that up to become one of you, one of us, and to die for us. And so, do take time to hear what the voice of Jesus is saying. Take time to know that as great and as infinite and as wonderful he is, he knows you by name. He calls you by name. And you must make time to listen to what he wants to tell you. You heard the voice, we heard the voice, I heard the voice, personalizing, of Jesus say, come to me, place all your cares on me, and I will give you the rest and the security you're seeking. Let us pray. O blessed Jesus, who came to save us all, help us to love and to serve you, help us to bring other people to you, Bless us as we celebrate the feast of the holy and undivided Trinity. Open our ears to hear your words and give us the strength and courage of the Holy Spirit to go forth into Marlborough or the towns around here to proclaim it to other people. We ask in your holy name. Amen.